We're talking about love tonight, and I know we understand the word love, and we talked about the word love, and we of course know know what it means, but are you tonight convinced that God loves you? Uh, the word convinced simply means that you're sure of it. I'm positive. I am convinced of whatever it is you're talking about in any kind of conversation. But tonight, are you convinced that God loves you? And so you may say, well, of course. I mean, who wouldn't understand and be convinced that God loves you? But sometimes we go through difficult times. We go through hard times. And we go through problems, trials, tribulations, whatever you want to call it. And then when we do that, do you ever question God's love for you? You know, as you look at things going on in your life, things happening to you, around you, with you, uh, you know, just things you go through, sickness and all kind of stuff. Do you ever question that God loves me? Because we want to say, well, well, God, I'm doing the best I can. I go to church. I pray. I read my Bible. I, you know, this and this and this and this. And now look what happened. Look at all the stuff I'm going through. And, and then do we ever just get that moment in time that we say, mm, God, do you really love me? But see, God's love was settled for us once and for all on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, that settled his love for us because of what he did. And we'll look at a lot of scripture tonight with that. And it's never changed. His love for us has never changed since the cross and never will change from this day, that day forward. And so we just need to kind of nail those things down and make sure that when we're going through those troubling times that we never doubt and never misunderstand that God loves us. So where do you start with this? Well, of course, John 3, 16. Uh, we, many of us probably know that by heart. And uh, we're, we're playing on Wednesday night with the youth. We start the class. About the first 10, 15 minutes, we play uh, Bible Jeopardy. And we've got a big board back there with the Jeopardy with two points, four points, and all that. And the categories, the miracles, and uh, books of the Bible, and so forth. And uh, we call out the questions, and they answer the questions, and they're learning about what God's Word is because we've got youth that are, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, 10th grade that don't know the Bible. They can't find the books of the Bible. At the end of the class for the last 10 minutes, we do Bible drill, and they've got their Bible in there, and they're standing up, and I'll call out a scripture. I'll say John three sixteen, let's say, and they're scrambling through that, and they're looking, they're doing this, and they're in the Old Testament. They may be in the New Testament. They're looking for John. And uh, they don't know where it is. And I'll finally tell them it's New Testament. Well, that narrows it down a little bit. And I'll tell them toward the back of the Bible. I said, if you can't find it, do this. And so we just sit back down. I said, right in the front of your Bible is what is called a table of contents. If you don't know the name of the book that I'm calling out, go to your table of contents. Look for that book like John. Find the page number 555 and then turn to 555, and then you can find John chapter 3, verse 16, or whatever verse I'm calling out, whatever chapter. And so it's just a matter of them learning, and, and so Jeopardy is helping them learn because here's what happened last week. Some of the others are getting the two-point uh, answers because they're easy, and they, we've been learning them as we go. We're still on the first round. We haven't moved on to another set of unknown questions because we're still trying to learn those first 36 answers and so they're catching on some of them are getting a little bit better every week but one of them it finally came for her to call to uh have an answer and she said i'll take books of the bible for 10 which is the top point point." and uh, i thought mm, okay <laughs> it's gonna be a harder answer because it's worth 10 points 
and ask her the question about uh, the, I forget how it reads now, but in, in Revelation it says, unless your name is found written in this book, you will not inherit heaven, you will not go to heaven if your name is not written in this book. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. And so I read it out, you know, and I thought, she doesn't know this. And she said, the book of life? I said, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so somewhere along the way, somewhere in time, uh, whether it's vacation Bible school uh, or whatever it has been in in past when she's been here on Wednesday nights as a, in the children's department, she learned about the book of life and, and it surprised her. And, and so she won because she had 10 points, whereas the others had two or four or six. And it's pretty amazing. But John 3.16 just talks about, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so God shows us his love here by Jesus coming into the world to start with, Jesus going to the cross to start with, that those who believe in him and trust in him will not perish, will not have eternal death in hell, but have eternal life in heaven with him. Why? Because he loved us. Loved us before we ever loved him. Loved us in spite of ourselves, not loving him. He said, I love you no matter what you've done, where you are, and I let my son come and die for you. If you believe in him, you will not perish, but you'll have eternal life. And then next we go to Romans chapter 3. We know this, we just got part of it here. What we have learned in the past called the Roman road. Uh, Maybe you've learned it as a child. Uh, You were taught it by a Sunday school teacher or preacher or somebody, and that's uh, how people would lead people to salvation. That's how I got saved leading me through what is called the Roman road uh, time after time after time after time until it caught and it clicked and understood what he was talking about. And so we probably know these verses here, Romans 3.23, for all of sin falls short of the glory of God, meaning that we're all sinners. None of us are as good as God is. We've come short of his glory. And so we're all sinners. So we, we need to make that point, Paul said. And then he said in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. So because we've all sinned, fall the shore of the glory of God, we get something for it. We get death. That's what we get for our sins. We get eternal death in hell, and our wages are death. But hold on, that's not the end of the word, end of the statement. The gift of God is, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so Jesus said, I'll give you a gift. I'll give you eternal life. I'll exchange that death for life, I'll exchange those wages for forgiveness, and you get eternal life. And then Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. If you demonstrate something, what are you doing? What's the word demonstrate mean? Okay, show. Just show somebody. Let me show you how to, let me show you how to put these flowers together and, and make this bouquet up here and, and make it all pretty and, uh, you know, it's all uniform. And, and you would demonstrate that for somebody. So you want me to show you how this is done? Let me just take them out and show you how it's done. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> but somebody, whoever put this together, I don't even know who did it today. Deborah did. Okay. Uh, if you were to say, Deborah, show me how to do that. Well, she would take these little by little and start putting them together and say, you do this and you do that. And you put them here and you, put, you know, all that. And she would demonstrate for us how to do that. Well, God did the same thing. He said, let me demonstrate something for you. In fact, let me just demonstrate how much I love you. For God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he said, let me just demonstrate how much I love you. 
while you're sinners, while you're still sinners, while you're still living in sin, while you're still going towards sin and away from me, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to let my son Jesus come and die for you. And he said, that's love. And that's my demonstration of love. And it's his greatest demonstration of love that he ever gave to us. Well, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, Jesus goes on, uh, God goes on to say, this is how God showed his love among us. So not only in Romans 5, 8 does he demonstrate his love by letting Jesus die for us while we're still sinners, but he said, let me just show you something else. Let me show you my love among you, among you as people, sinners. He sent his one and only son into the world that he might live through him. Going back to John three sixteen, he said, let me send my son into the world that you could live through him, that we might live through him. And this is love. This is love. If we're looking for a definition of love, here it is. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He said, we didn't know what love was until we understood what his love is for us. Not that we love God. We didn't wake up one morning and say, boy, I sure do love God. You know, I'm just seven years old or I'm 10 years old or I'm 16 years old or I'm 25 years old or I'm 48 years old, whatever age I may be. We just don't wake up one morning and say, I sure do love God today. God said, let me show you what love is. That we didn't love God, but he loved us first. And as he loves us first, he sends his son into the world as that atoning sacrifice. That's pretty much a mouthful of a term, isn't it? Atoning sacrifice. Meaning this, our sins have to be atoned for. Our sins have to be, something has to be done about our sins to correct the, our sinfulness. And so in the Old Testament, as you would read about uh, the Jewish people in Israel, you would read about the sacrificial system. They would bring a, a dove or a lamb or or a bird of some sort or some sacrifice, an animal, uh, for their sins, and they would cut the throat of the animal, put the blood in a in a plate, and the priest would put it on the altar, sprinkle it on the altar, and intercede for us in our sins. And that animal then would have died because of us. And I always visualize how that would go because the priest would give the knife to the father in front of the children and the wife, and the father would have to cut the throat of that little lamb or whatever it was that they brought for that sacrifice. And you just imagine, or I do, that that little lamb probably ate under the table from one of the children, you know, and that little lamb probably had a name because they called him something because he's growing up there among them. And then they're watching their daddy... (laughs) You're going to cut our throat of our little lamb? You know, we got a name for him. And, you know, little Daisy, I mean, Daisy's got to die. Why? You know, the, the shock of it all, and it gives Daddy a great opportunity. Well, here's why our little lamb has to die, because we're sinners. And God created a way for our sins to be atoned for or corrected, and it's through blood being shed for our sins. And that's the dirtiness and that's the filthiness of our sins coming out of that little lamb showing that he had to die because of us it was our fault that that's what happened to him same thing with jesus jesus became our once and for all atoning sacrifice for our sins that's how much god loves us he said i'm going to let my son do what couldn't be done through these lambs and birds and everything else and once in a lifetime once and for all jesus well in first john four fifteen. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is Son of God, acknowledge means to say, yes, I I know Jesus, I acknowledge it, I I state it, I I, I say it, I 
I demonstrate it, I show it. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. So if we're telling people about Jesus, then he must live in us. It's kind of like a movie. You go to a movie every now and then, maybe. There's not too many that you can go to. There's one I've heard of. We're going to go to it. It's called The Blind. Have you all heard of it? Anybody seen it yet? All right, Chuck has. What? Don't say a whole lot about it. Was it good, Chuck? It's good? Okay. It's about um, the guy over in Monroe has Bill duck calls. <laughs> Bill Robertson. Everybody knows him, don't they? Uh, about his life, you know, how he grew up and um, just the life he lived, the very sinful, alcohol, abusive to his wife, mean to his children, and just a pretty much of a sorry no account. <laughs> And, you know, his wife left him and the children and all that sort of thing. And, and then he got saved. And so the, everything turns around from there. So it's just kind of exciting to think about how that's going to play out in this movie. And uh, it's supposed to be true. It's presented by his son, Willie, and wife made the movie, you know, and all this sort of thing. So they, they didn't put anything in there that wasn't true. Uh, they didn't have to put anything that wasn't true. It's got enough truth about it to make it what it is. But acknowledging that Jesus is Son of God, and that's where he had to come to in his life, to acknowledge Jesus is Son of God. And if we do that, he lives in us, we live in him, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. If you rely on something, what are you doing? You rely on it. Depend on it. If we're depending on the love of God that he has for us, then we know it's real because we depend on it. If you know something's real and you depend on something, you know it's there. You can have it. You can put it in your hands. You can hold on to it. Well, that's God. God is love. Just uh, three words there. God is love. Whoever lives in him, uh, whoever lives in love lives in God, God in him. So the two go hand in hand. God is love. God, love is God. And the two go together as we acknowledge who he is in our life. Well, going to Romans 8.38. Romans 8.38 says, I am convinced. There's our word tonight, convinced. I am sure. That neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it kind of covers it all. Because sometimes we think there's things that are happening in our life or happening around us. Does God really love me right now? Is God really paying attention to me right now? I mean, look at what I'm going through. Look at what's going on in the world. I mean, does God really love me? But he makes it death or life, angels or demons, present, future, powers, height, depth. Nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love. And so no matter what happens in our life, no matter what we go through, no matter how hard it may get, nothing is going to ever separate us from God's love. He's always going to love us no matter how tough life may get for us. Ephesians 3.14, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. God's children, sons of God, children of God. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. Holy Spirit lives in us. If we're born again, the Holy Spirit lives in us so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Dwell means to settle down. Christ just wants to settle down with us. He wants to come into our life, into our heart, into our home, and just settle down with us that he may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints 
talking about all the Christians, saints are Christians, Christians are saints, same words, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. He says in this prayer, he said, I just want you to grab hold of something. I just want you to grasp something. I want you to understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. All the dimensions of God's love. He just wants us to understand how big it is, how wonderful it is, how acceptable it is, and that we can hold on to it because he's holding on us and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Let's say you were dating somebody. So may have to go back in time. Some people may have to go way back in time. And you were dating a person. Go back to junior high, high school, college, or whatever age you want to go back to. And you were dating that person. At what point did you know that you loved them, that other person? How did you know you loved them? Did somebody tell you? Did the other person tell you? I, I know you love me. Did, uh, you know, you read it in a book one day? Oh, I love that person. You know, did you just wake up one morning and say, you know what, <laughs> just don't to me. I, I love the person. How did you know? Mutually revealed? Okay. Is that kind of like a gender reveal? No? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Go right here. You want to be with them all the time. You have like interests. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Focused on the future together. Okay. Good. Any others? What? Okay. All right. Just. All right. That's good. Yeah. Where I mentioned it here sometime back maybe a few years ago. How do you how do you define love? It's the difference between doing something intentional and then doing something spontaneous. Okay. I got my flowers because I painted my wife this morning. You know that's intentional. And then you do something spontaneously. It just comes from your inner nature or the mm -hmm. inner love. Mm -hmm. from the heart. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and the the attitude uh, from a pure heart. Good. Yeah. It's more that that true deep inner love. Mm -hmm. from All right. Good. Good. That's so spontaneous combustion. All right. Spontaneous combustion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. So you didn't intentionally aggravate your wife this morning. That was just. A... <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? That's right. All right. There you go. There you go. All right. So what else? I know one thing that we did when we were dating. We studied God's word. Mm -hmm. And the one thing we kept coming back to is. How do we know we love each other? I mean, that was the question that we mm. asked each other Good. all the time. Yeah. How do we know what love is? How do mm -hmm. we know if we're the right person for each other? And so we studied 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, yes. Okay. And if we could say, okay, I I know I love you because I'm patient with you. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a hard one because we know how I'm married to. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. 
It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It, mm. always, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay, good. That's what we, it wasn't like, you know, Cupid shooting an arrow. Mm. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. Mm. It was kind of like it just came softly. Mm. And if we could look at all of these things and say, oh, okay, well, I don't, feel that way, you know, yeah, I'm going to get angry at you, but I'm not going to keep that anger toward mm -hmm. you. We're going to come together, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to let it go. Mm -hmm. That's what love is. Right. You know, it follows first Corinthians mm -hmm. 13. It's good. Okay. Good, good, good. Yes. One thing I knew I was falling in love with her was when I wanted to be a better me. Okay. It's good. I wanted to do better for mm -hmm. All right, good. Okay, so that's that verse 19. Oh, okay, yeah, that helped too, didn't it? <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's that verse 19 is what we're getting to, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And so everything y'all have been saying about love, what love is and all this, it surpassed just knowledge, and it went on to something else, didn't it? that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, being filled with that love for that other person. And it wasn't just knowledge to explain to somebody, I love you because, I love you when, I love you if, I love you in spite of, you know, that kind of thing. Here's knowledge, here's words. It was that feeling, is that emotions, that heart, that mind, that soul that says I'm filled to the measure of the fullness of God with him, but also as we love each other too, we're filled with that measure to the fullness of that person. And goes on then in verse 20, now to him, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, God can do a whole lot more than we can even think to ask him, according to his power that is at work hey, within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. And so God says, I can do more than you can even ask. I just want you to understand how deep and wide my love is for you. Then I want you to be filled with that love. And then I want you to be able to know that ask me immeasurably, immeasurably more than you can even ask or imagine according to that power that's worked within you, that love that's within us, that love of God, love of Christ that came within us when we were saved, when we were born again. And from there, we begin to grow and mature and understand more about God's love as we get more like Jesus. Because Jesus submitted to God, and God the Father loved God the Son, God the Son loved the Father, and so he wants us to have that same love for him that he has for us. And that's just that growing, maturing, understanding, grasping how wide, long, high, and deep that love is, and surpassing just knowledge, not just being able to speak about it, but to understand it and feel it and know it, and be able to ask him, all the things we need to ask him that will bring glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus from this point forward.